Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. All right, so this is going to sound very, 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 very spiritual, okay? But what can we do as a village, challenge kids to be thirsty and praise God's word? Okay, you you did go pretty spiritual right away. Let's, <laughs> let's figure this out. Um, okay, so... It does. I, there's some music playing here. This um, you know what? We, it, we it, needed to go spiritual. With we the need music to go spiritual. You throw me off. <laughs> you know. Okay, talk about the whole village thing. It, that it, you know, it, it really does take a village. I just remember raising my kids. I mean, my husband and I raising our kids. And it, it is you need to need the the people around you. It's the people around you that you know, and and the group that they're in. It really does make a difference. That really does influence and impact it. But I'm going to stop right there because I do have a story. You do have you. a story. I do have okay. a story. But I'm going to remind everyone before we get too much farther into our show and into my storytelling, you are listening to Girlfriend It Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, okay so back to story are you ready time. for story time? I am ready. Okay, so as you know. I just, like a few days ago, returned from an amazing trip. It was a whirlwind trip to Lebanon and Jordan. And it's one of those trips, you know, there was three of us that went, and we met with a couple of different organizations. And just to kind of go in, in, the, in the posture of learning and listening and what, you know, what, what's going on with the refugees. And um, as you, I don't know, I, I'm learning this too, but Lebanon borders Syria, and so we uh, were in. We flew into Beirut, and then we were with this um, an NGO, and we they took us up into a place called the Baka Valley. Wait, you have to explain what NGO. Um, you know, it's like a nonprofit. It, it, they're they're just working there on the things. And so we we actually went into northern Lebanon, which is right close to the Syrian border. And so they took us into uh, uh, just a place where we got to just spend time and see really what's going on and what's happening with refugees and kind of the process and understanding. And as a result, we got to go inside um, of some of the homes there, which they live in tents. Mm -hmm. And right now it's very cold there. So it's, it's, it's pretty tough. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very cold. They don't, they're not, they're not adequately, you know, equipped mm. these tents and they have these really thin mattresses that serve as their bedding and as their furniture, mm -hmm. basically. And that's what they have. And the sad reality is, is so many of these families, they, they weren't poor when they were living in their country. They were, you know, middle-class, thriving, mm -hmm. successful, had, you know, cars and homes and all the modern-day appliances. and doctors. Yeah, modern-day appliances, mm -hmm. you know, and all the, you know, the things that we, we all enjoy. And that, you know, literally was stripped from mm -hmm. them, and they found themselves as refugees. Excuse me. <clears throat> and so there's, you go in their homes, and it's, it, it's just, you're trying to understand this and trying mm -hmm. to take it in. 
So we're sitting with this this family, and it was a couple generations that lived together in some of these places, you know, the grandparent, the sister, the brother, and the kids. And so we were sitting there, and this one mom was just kind of, we were just like, tell us, you know, kind of what's going on and, you know, the story. And so she was telling us about her nine-year-old little or daughter, and they had several kids. But this one, this one daughter was um, pretty angry. I mean, you can imagine the trauma they've experienced and, you know, acting it out. And, and she was pretty just kind of not respondent mm-hmm. and angry and they were really kind of concerned about her. So they started going to the school and it was about Jesus at school. They taught Jesus, but they also were very sensitive and they, they were teaching them so many, you know, the typical things with school, but they also talked about Jesus and they had like a Christmas play and this mm-hmm. gal had a part in it. And the family started seeing this, this nine-year-old start changing. Mm. Like she became softer. She became more adjusted. She became just a transformation was happening in her life from going to the school. And they went to this Christmas play and they got to kind of see her light up and see the, you know, through a different lens. Mm. And it was just really amazing because you really do see through the children. And then this child now is impacting the family because they're seeing this transformation mm-hmm. happening in her. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a great reminder, I think, for all of us, too, that, you know, children really can change a family yeah. and a child could lead. Mm-hmm. And we tend to, you know, sometimes minimize the influence of children or, or whatever. And it really is it was amazing to watch how this child and her own personal transformation is transforming this family. Mm-hmm. And and and, it, and it talk about the village. You asked that question, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it really does. It is a village. It's the community yeah. that's surrounding and it's all in this together, yeah. trying to figure this out. So it was really amazing to see like community come together for survival, mm-hmm. literally for sheer survival mm-hmm. and just to see the best of, of humanity, mm-hmm. but also the hardest part of humanity, you yeah. know, and the challenges that come with it. And, you know, the challenges of living in close proximity and not having things. I mean, there's a challenge of kids, you know, but the ones that get to come to go to school and this mm-hmm. education is making a difference. Well, and, and like you said, there's a full transformation that's taking place, which is really interesting because if, if we're not there, because as we know, just looking at research, and if you're not making a difference in a child's life where they can go, okay, I get it. I get who Jesus is. I, I want to learn more about, I want to get into this, you know, thing called the Bible and where, you know, you hear in our culture, you just, it's just kind of like thrown around. You're not really, it's just another book. But when you really get them at that stage where they crave it, like you said, and there's transformation as a child, because then we're hearing the they can be the superstar at, at church and in your youth group. And then all of a sudden, once they leave high school, 70% of them just poof, evaporate. And mm-hmm. they're not at church anymore. But they're saying, wait a decade, and then half of them come back. So if you're not getting them here as a child and getting them to want to get into God's Word and want to learn more and have that transformation then you really, it's going to be even harder mm-hmm. to get them. And mm-hmm. when they get into, you know, adulting, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So you, you realize the impact that we have to step up mm-hmm. as a church, as a village, as a community to go, okay, what are we doing to put this child in front of all of, you know, what, what's it going to take? Because right now they're in front of Netflix in front of Instagram, in front of, you know, Snapchat. Our culture. Yes. 
And so how do we bring that in where they're going to a school or they're going somewhere to, um, it's, it's interesting. I was with a, a gal, this was a couple of years ago and she brought her little five-year-old, uh, you know, to go see Santa at the mall. And there was a nativity scene in one of the stores and he literally pointed and said, who's that? Mm-hmm. Like she's bringing him to see Santa, but he has no idea who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. What's with that baby laying there in a stack of hay. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so foreign to us to just mm-hmm. think of a child, not even understanding like who, what's, what's this whole thing. <laughs> it just makes us realize the, in, the influence and the impact of our culture and in the media and so many things. And that we really have to be intentional yeah. as a village with, you know, pouring into each other's kids. I'm, I'm so grateful for so many people that poured into our kids and we're a part of their, their transformation and their growing and their learning and that loved them through the tough times and were there for them. It wasn't just us. Cause I think mm-hmm. you need quite a few, uh, different influences in children's lives from different angles to really speak into them. But it was like, we've got to be intentional and we got to be giving them other options than what the culture yes. is providing and, and give them a voice of truth and, and speak into them and not, not bombard them where they, you know, and not pound it on them. But how do we really present that, you know, this other, there's another way of living. There's another way of looking at life. There's mm-hmm. another way of treating people. Mm-hmm. There's another way of seeing your own self, mm-hmm. you know, and how do we be intentional with that as a village, as a community, as, you know, a church, as, you know, to really embrace children in that way mm-hmm. and really help them become who God created them to be and want that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is how do we keep them curious where they want that? Well, I know we were um, just met with an old dear friend yesterday who has been in, in you know, ba- basically in charge of mops in a, in a definitely a, um, a rock to the mops program for the last 27 and a half years. And we were kind of talking about the Awana program and we're like, okay, Awana is still, still there. It's still around. And she was just saying how they're reaching 15 million children. And you, you go, okay, that, that is just crazy. And yet it gets you excited to know that. But what I, my, my point was that she was saying globally, on the international mm-hmm. level, they're eating this up. Mm-hmm. And so you go, okay, what's happening that on a global perspective that they're eating up and wanting to, you know, memorize verses, they're wanting to hear these stories. And yet here in our culture, you just kind of like, yeah, that's, that's a slingshot. Yeah. They don't know the difference between Noah and Jonah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what, what do you do? What, and where, where are the answers there? Well, and you know what? Our guest coming up, he has written a book, and um, Champ Thornton was going to be joining us in just a minute after our break. And we're going to be talking more about you know, just the significance, the impact of kids, and how do we really reach today's youth in a more intentional and more engaging way Yes, um, where they, they want it. And, and it goes against every – so much of it goes against our culture. And that, that really is a, a tension that we are living with as the church at large mm-hmm. is, you know, our culture is saying one thing and it's, it's pretty loud. Mm-hmm. And how do we, how do we live the way of the kingdom mm-hmm. basically and, and still hold the values, but still be relevant. Yeah. Engage them and engaging with them. flannel, flannel boards. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just so funny. Cause I, I saw that the other day where you you can see the little flannel things on and believe it or not, it's coming back. 
Like kids. We like want- that classic look. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a vintage look now to come back. I just saw it. They're selling these little, you know, where you can have a tea party and put your flannel on top of your little flannel board. And I thought, okay, that's so funny. What we like would roll our eyes at now, that's what we're buying for our kids again. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, how do we engage them when they're so used to having, um, you know, bombs going off and cars blowing up and they're inundated and overstimulated with all of this. I, I, I don't know how teachers do it anymore to keep their attention. And then to find out that we are going back to some final boards is kind of cool. Cool. Idea. I know. Well, let's take a quick break and we come back. Let's talk to champ. Thornton, and he has a new book, The Radical Book for Kids, and we love that word radical, so we can't wait to talk. We're taking a quick break. We'll be right back with Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. One of the best ways to prevent injuries while exercising is by warming up first. Most of us are in a hurry, and it can be tempting to skip your warm-up and get right into your workout. But don't do it. Warming up is vital and necessary. Taking 5 to 10 minutes to get your body prepared for a good workout is well worth it. If you're going for a run or a brisk walk, Walk slowly first and increase your speed so that your heart rate is rising. Even if you're doing a weight workout only, it's important to warm up for at least five minutes on the treadmill or just by walking around. Warming up gets the blood flowing to your muscles, heart, and joints and prepares them for a good workout. Mentally, it gets you focused on what is ahead, whether it is running, biking, lifting weights, or another mode of exercise. So don't skip your warm up. It's an essential part of every workout. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back. Well, welcome back. We are so excited about our guest here. We have Champ. Thornton, and he has been an associate pastor in Delaware for some time now, and he has a deep passion for stirring curiosity and wonder for Christ and God's Word, which is exactly what we were talking about, is how do we get that curiosity going for children? How do we get them engaged? And he has been writing several um, children's books and a Bible, including God's Love, which is a storybook Bible, and also a dynamic Christian living and uh, talking about experience 
exploring God's love. But his latest book that he has out is a radical book for kids. And uh, Champ, we're so excited to have you on the, the show today. So welcome. Thank you, Patty and Lisa. It's great to be with you. Well, we just um, we don't want to just all of a sudden dive in, but you're in Delaware. Is that correct? That's correct. Been here correct. since 2012. Oh, okay. And what is the weather like right now? Is it freezing cold? Because we're we're here where it's nice and warm, and we're pretending that it's colder, and we have the fireplace going. <laughs> well, I'll try to uh, not be overly bitter. It's uh, it's only in the 40s here presently, so it's cool but not freezing, thankfully. Ah, uh, no snow on the ground, huh? No, there was, but it's gone now. <laughs> so we have to ask you, Champ, what has been this – what took place to make you so passionate about writing um, these books to really engage children into getting into the Bible and to hearing more about God's Word and the, the stories there? What, what happened in your life that made it so personal? Yeah, well, my wife and I, we have three kids of our own right now. They're uh, all under the age of 11. And so, you know, I come home to the next generation every day. And there's... You know, just regular everyday challenges of, you know, uh, raising kids. And then there's also, you know, they ask good questions. And then there's time for family Bible time when we gather together and look at God's Word. And and then good questions are asked. And so, you know, there's always uh, the the challenge of talking to children uh, with God's Word. Uh, that's always right in front of me. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's lessened any. Back in uh, when I was in my early 30s, I had a blood clot and was diagnosed with a blood disorder. And, you know, when you're 30 years old, you know, you think you're invincible. And then you realize, wow, life is short and it's fragile. And so I've always, since then, there's been a desire to continue to pass along the truth of God's Word uh, and a passion for God and a reliance on God uh, to the next generation. And so uh, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to do that. Mm -hmm. what, what's your story, Champ, with when you were growing up? Were, did you grow up in the church? Did you, you know, get, get the Bible stories when you were growing up? Or what's your experience with that? Yeah, I was reared in a Christian home. We went to church uh, at least a couple times a week, um, two to three at least. And uh, always around uh, the Bible, the stories in the Bible, very familiar. And what I found as I as I grew up that um, there's there's not it's not just a collection of of uh, loosely knit stories about people that we should emulate. But I realized that there's so much more there related to. Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that it's not just something that shows up in the New Testament, but it's throughout, and that the characters in the Bible are are, are there for us not just to uh, imitate and try to be like you know a particular person, but I mean even those people in the Old Testament, the ones we would think of as heroes, I mean, they needed a savior too. And when you start to look at the Bible that way, then it just opens up in brand new ways. So I'm so thankful for the heritage God has given me and the opportunity to have been exposed to Christian teaching my entire life. But uh, I want to uh, you know, pass that along to the next generation and uh, yet push back the horizons even more to know deeper and wider what God has done for us. Well, and, and that's that's such a great way of looking at it. And even as you write, you know, as we learn as adults, we learn through, you know, our kind of our, our adult books yeah. and our adult lens. And then when you try to communicate 
to children or those younger, the same stories, but in a, in a language and in a way that's engaging to them that they understand. Um, it's a challenge, but also I think sometimes with that, it, it's, a, it's a good discipline. It's a good practice because we even see things through a different lens. You know, when we get out of our adult lens and we see it through the eyes of a child, we see even the, the simplest things have such a profound effect. Have in, in your writing for children and trying to, you know, take what we know and, and make it adaptable for children, have you found that you've discovered some like things in a, in a new and fresh way? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to communicate something simply, uh, not simplistically, but in a simple way, um, then you've really got to understand it deeply. And that's right. one of the challenges. Is the reason we have difficulty sometimes explaining things is because we've not figured it out ourselves yet. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, yeah, you've got to kind of get, you know, your – your eight-year-old mindset and try to think, like, what would they be thinking about? But then really, in some ways, when you have trouble explaining something um, simply, it's you just don't know it well enough. And so uh, continued study and growth as parents is going to serve our children really well. And that's such an interesting point because you're, you're right. It's like we have to understand it deeply before we can even communicate it in a simple way. And and you, you don't think about that, but it, and even I know, even with my grandkids who are like eight and under, the questions they have sometimes, you're like, I have never thought of that. You know, the the way they see it, and it's it's so it's it's amazing sometimes because it challenges me to go back and go, okay, I haven't seen it from that perspective or understood it there, and you kind of go back and go, I need to read that you know, through a different lens. And I think it's so good for, it's a good practice even for adults to read a children's book mm-hmm. and, and, th- and read, you know, like the children's Bible and stuff. And in those even simplistic ways, I'm always reminded my husband um, did not grow up. He's a pastor, but he did not grow up in a, in a, in a Christian home and didn't even know who Jesus was. And at Christmas time had no idea mm-hmm. what it was about. And when he, I don't know how old he was, but I just remember he watched Charlie Brown Christmas and the scene where I think it's Linus gets on the stage and reads a Christmas story. And that was the very first time he heard the Christmas story Mm, and it so impacted him. And it's like, it was through a cartoon of a little cartoon character reading Mm -hmm. the Bible story. It wasn't this theological way or positioning how we do it that, that got his attention and kind of started him a road to go, what, what is this really all about? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we overlook the, sim- the most simple ways of communicating that can have such a profound and deep impact. Well, and when you have grown up in the church, it, it, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I have a friend who's very smart. She actually was in law, law school, and uh, she was a new believer. And so she said, what do I do now? Where, where do I start? And I said, you know, start in the New Testament, start in the Gospels. I said, even start in John if you want. And she came back to me and said, I'm not getting it. This is boring. And, and it, it's kind of like piercing, you know, when you hear someone say that's like, no, it's God's word. It's sharper than any two edged sword. Because <laughs> you think, okay, God's supposed to just like come down in a lightning bolt with you. But instead, I went and I got her um, uh, the junior high version, you know, the adventure Bible. Mm-hmm. And I said, come back and just start here. And she loved it. Because the stories kind of came alive mm-hmm. rather than, you know, I don't know if she started in a King James version or what <laughs> what she did. But it, you do sometimes, you just need to break it down. And this is a very smart individual. Yeah. But it just needed to 
come alive. And I, I think we can gain a lot by looking at the radical book for kids. <laughs> Yeah, so one of the things that I want to do in the book that helps with the understanding is provide context. So uh, so speaking of context, so the context of the entire book is there are 67 mini chapters from start to finish in the book. A chapter might be two pages to five or six pages, uh, lots of color, lots of pictures uh, on all sorts of topics. But one of the topics that we talk about is providing context for Bible reading. So, you know, if you, you, know, if you have a set of instructions in front of you, um, for putting, you know, how something's made, a schematic, right? It can be really boring. But if the context is you've got to diffuse a bomb that's going to go off in two minutes, then those schematics are anything but boring, right? So the context is going to provide lots and lots of explanation and motivation uh, for processing what's in front of you. So if we're going to understand the Bible, then it really helps us to know what's the context. So, like, what's the setting of the first five books of the Bible, the law, the Pentateuch? Why were they written? Uh, why do I need to know about them? What's so important about it? And so the Radical Book for Kids has uh, some overview chapters about the whole Bible, but it also has individual chapters about different blocks or genres in the Bible. So there's a chapter on how to read the Pentateuch, the law, how to read history in the Old Testament, how do you read the Psalms or Proverbs or the Prophets, like Isaiah and Jeremiah, etc. How do you read the Gospels and the letters in the New Testament, things like that. So uh, if we can provide context, then it makes them uh, better readers when they go back to their Bibles. And I hope it makes them curious to keep learning. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like something that actually adults need because I we need don't, it. <laughs> yeah, we don't. It, I mean, like you said, putting it in context is huge because we tend mm-hmm. to extract certain little stories and, they, and we we see them as standing alone and not in the bigger picture. And so to understand, like, yeah, why was the first five books written? You know, what is why is the need? We just read them and not understand the why behind them. And so I think that it was really important. And that, and then that does create curiosity. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense instead of reading it. And then that's why your friend, you know, then it's, it's boring. It's like, I'm just reading facts or I'm just reading, yeah. I don't understand the why and all that happened around it. And so I think, you know, what you're doing, it sounds like, is you're totally filling in the gaps, filling in some of the holes there to making it really complete and really engaging. Oh yeah. I was, this is in my adult life after growing up in the church. This is confession time. This is confession time. I was reading a novel and in the novel, it was talking about the lineage of Christ. And it was like, Oh, now I get it. Like I never (laughs) knew that, you know? And then the, the whole Christmas tree, the Jesse tree that you do with your kids and you unwrap that I learned from that. And it was like, Oh, this is how it happened. And so I, I, I do think we need to put that in perspective where it's just not these stories. It's like, okay, these stories are all coming together now. And this is why we have these stories. And the, and I think the common thread then to see all of that and why they're there and, and even the characters and understanding them more deeply and, and who they were and what they did and why they did what they did and why maybe God chose them. You know, talking about the shepherds. I mean, we read shepherds and we don't have any context in our, what does the shepherd do? In, in our, mm-hmm. in our modern, you know, thinking what a shepherd is. We don't really understand the significance of a shepherd. So I think it's really helpful. Well, we're going to have to take a quick break, champ. And when we come back, let's keep talking about this because this is such good stuff that I think not just for kids, but it's for adults too. We'll be right back with Girlfriend at Radio.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. Resistance bands come in different colors and varying tensions. I like working out with resistance bands because they are so versatile and lightweight, and I keep some in my car, closet, and suitcase. You can train every major muscle group and get a fabulous strength workout without weights. They also allow you to do some Pilates moves that strengthen your core. I especially like to use them for stretching. Hooking them around the center of your foot while keeping your legs straight gives you an added stretch that you could not do without some resistance. You can buy inexpensive resistance bands at sporting goods stores and most stores that carry fitness products. Be sure to purchase bands that come with instructions and an easy workout to follow. You can also get instructions on the internet. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we've been chatting with author and pastor Champ Thornton, and he is here sharing his passion about his latest book, The Radical Book for Kids. And Champ, we were just talking um, during break about just how excited we are to have you on the show and just this book, which is just such a much needed uh, book that's out there where parents can grab, churches can grab, and be able to just whet the appetite for the kids to want to get into the Bible. So what exactly, what was your goal and your objective when you even started thinking about this book and, and writing this book? Right. So if you go on to uh, online booksellers or at a bookstore at the mall, I mean, you can find books that are something like, you know, a hundred things that every boy ought to know or know how to do, or a hundred things that a girl ought to know or know how to do. And all those kind of books, they're fascinating. Kids love them. Uh, none of them are written from a Christian perspective. They're all written from a secular perspective. And I thought, wow, you know, we need to have a book that is that same sort of eclectic um, book that draws kids in uh, to learn, but about God, to learn about God and the Word He's written and the world He's made and uh, be an alternative to that and something that would, would draw kids in to, uh, to curl up with this kind of book uh, instead of uh, turning on the television or going online or pulling out some other device uh, as an alternative screen time. So I hope that this book accomplishes that in a way that that kids find uh, both interesting and profitable as well for their soul. 
Mm. That that's such a great goal and a great way to to frame it as you're writing it. So in the process of writing it, what are the things some of the things that you discovered for even for yourself and even for your kids? Right. So when we like so I think one way to talk about this is just the whole name of the book. So it's the radical book for kids and you know radical the word radical it's kind of been hijacked today, right? But originally the Latin root of the word radical it means roots like roots on a tree. And so the the takeaway here is that as kids grow up, we want them to grow down, to grow down deep into the roots of their faith, right? We want them to to understand what they believe, why they believe it, uh, that it's legitimate and authentic and that you can rely on it. Um, and so not only learn about the Bible, but also about theology and church history. So all these things that are kind of the root structures of our lives, you know, apologetics, why we know that uh, Christianity and the Bible are true. Uh, and then that kind of depth also gives strength. And so we wanted to uh, give radical strength that even though there's, you know, strong and extreme storms that come up in life, uh, other people, culture, our temptation, how do we live as Christians? And so there's um, chapters on how we can live as Christians and deal with anger and sad things happen. Uh, how do we deal with friends? How do we deal with all sorts of just struggles when we're afraid? Uh, and then we look at about 12 different little mini biographies of men and women through church history who have lived for Jesus imperfectly, but they've strived to live live as strong Christians. And so we spend time looking at that, and then we just have fun along the way as well. Mm, and that's a great aspect, the fun mm -hmm. part, especially mm -hmm. for kids. That makes it engaging and, and the more curious. So this book sounds like amazing, and I know that it is. Um, you have it very vibrantly illustrated um, to go with it, which I'm such a visual person. That would be such a great thing for me. But you, and I know the book is not just words, but you have like like charts and and visual aids and things that go along with that. Can how you to make explain? a slingshot? Like yeah, how David. Do you, yeah. yeah. How do you? Can you explain some of those things that are in the book as well? So we wanted to write a book that's accessible to all kinds of different readers, right? So it's written for ages eight and up, uh, but. There's all sorts of different learning styles, so we wanted to have things in here that re that are fun and intriguing for every kind of kid, whether it's a reader or a non-reader, uh, even whether the child is a Christian or not yet a Christian. Uh, we're wanting to make sure it's accessible. And but then you know, some kind of learning styles they like math, or others like science, some like history, some like things that are more analytical, others like something that's more hands-on, some like stories. So there's something there for everyone. So here's the kind of some samples of activities that. That kids could do in the book. So you can make your own pottery. You can make your own little mini catapult out of tongue depressors. Mm -hmm. uh, you can make a, a, a kid-safe slingshot like David used in the Old Testament. You can make a sundial. There's a 3,000-year-old board game with uh, instructions of how to play it. You can learn to tie knots. There's puzzles and jokes and facts, uh, fun facts, and other kinds of hands-on activities. So the book is full of things that we hope uh, draw in kids, and a lot of them, if not most of them, are somewhat related to the Bible. And so we talk about animals in the Bible, and there's some really important truths we can learn about how God creates and sustains animals. Uh, and then we take the opportunity in that chapter to tell some elephant jokes. So, you know, it's all the fun mm -hmm. stuff is also related to the Bible. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds very interactive instead of just like plain reading where you like these things are very intentional to really enhance the learning and to really be able to kind of experience it. Yeah. 
which yeah. is very, it's unique and it's very cool. And I think that's, it's right what you need for kids and some of us adults too. Yes. Um, how, how long I'm listening to this and how long did this process take to put all this together? And because this is not, it's not like you said earlier you, to be able to communicate in a simple way, you really have to understand it deeply. Um, and, and, and it seems like it would be really easy, but it's really not. How, what was your own learning curve and how, how did you like do your research and put this together and how long did that take? So it started off by saying, what, what do I want my kids to know or know how to do? And so I started compiling a very long list. I asked about a dozen friends of mine in ministry uh, and former colleagues, what, do, what would you want your kids to know or know how to do? And so we came up with a list of well over 100 different items. Uh, eventually that got whittled down and compressed into 67 mini chapters uh, that is now the book. Uh, so all told between writing and then multiple rounds of revisions and improvements, and then eventually it went to uh, – uh, the editor, the layout department where they added like uh, pictures and they really, they set the book up and they arranged it visually on the page. I didn't do that. Uh, it was a three year process uh, wow. all told. Yeah. So did you have like a team, like you were talking about the interactive stuff, like making the things, pottery and different things. Did you have like a, like a team or, a, or somebody that like handled that part for you or did so, you do that? Yeah, most of that was 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 me. Uh, but then, like you know, for example, I had trouble finding like what we could use for how to make your own pottery, and a lady came up with a, a better alternative than the one I had, and so we included what uh, she came up with, uh, for example. But um, it was definitely a collaborative process. But mm. you know, uh, largely I'm responsible for all the content. So were you doing a lot of testing on your kids during this process? <laughs> no children were harmed in the production of this book. <laughs> That's great. That is, that is pretty amazing to, to get into all those, those deep truths. Well, and, and talking about no children were harmed, I, I do think that we send our kids out unarmed um, into the world without having the just the basic truths in in writing this what what did you have in mind of you know so many times I think the church is getting and, and this sounds even cliche just watered down in uh, you know how to be good morally how to have the good deeds and yet we we send them out to where all of a sudden they go to college and they start taking these religion classes and it, they're hearing more about what other um, you know, religions are about, and it, it kind of messes with them because they, they don't have that core, that rooted, this is what I believe in, and this is my faith. Right. So, I mean, if we talk about can we prove Christianity, you know, can we put Christianity in a test tube and say, yep, I know for sure, you know, mm -hmm. so you can't shake my faith. Uh, well, not quite like that. It's not formulaic, but I think there's a wise approach, I believe, that's been put forward by others, and I think it's they're on the right track, and that is that if you look at all the options for how you can explain life, both the world that is and the way the world works, okay, uh, Christianity is the best explanation that's out there. It's the best answer for the facts of reality as we know it. And so, um, you know, one way that we try to move that idea ahead in this book is – 
to sort of sketch in, this is how life works. Christianity isn't some privatized religion off in the corner, but, you know, it really can't stand up under the scrutiny of public, you know, public life in the public square. Uh, and so we want to talk about, like, look, look at this area of life. See how Christianity fits? Look at that area of life. So whether it's the arts or it's science uh, or it's history or you know, mathematics, look, Christianity works. It fits what's going on here. So it's not – this isn't the uh, – the silver bullet that's going to fix, you know, every kid and give them, you know, do what only the Holy Spirit uh, can do. Uh, but we do want to point kids in the right direction and show that Christianity is definitely reasonable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And those, and those are questions, you're addressing questions that maybe people might not always verbally express them, but they're inside wondering and asking and and it's like so many times, who do I, where do I go to get these answers or who do I go to? And so it's, it's great to have a tool like this that you goes can beyond go just feelings. Yeah, oh, I feel and it really this explains way. things. Mm-hmm. And, and for kids, like you said, for eight and, and up um, to really start getting a foundation and really getting excited about some things that are in the Bible and these stories. But also, I think, seeing them as relevant to today. They're not these ancient stories of ancient people. Um, that are now dead. You know, we tend to do that instead mm-hmm. of going, these stories live and they still breathe. And there's so much we can learn from them today in our own environments, in our own culture. And I see that so much just in traveling. Um, I go quite a bit to the Middle East and just seeing you're able to see sometimes the cult, the context of the cultures. And it, it does make the, the stories in the Bible come alive when you can see and going, oh, I understand the shepherd on the fields. I see these fields. I understand they live in these caves. I, I see the caves. I understand mm-hmm. that, how they would live and how they would be and, and kind of how the, you know, the, the community viewed them back then. It's easier to see that when you're over there than in our modern day with our high rises and our conveniences. Mm-hmm. It doesn't translate well mm-hmm. into what we see. And, um, and so we, we can't wrap our minds around it and we tend to just miss it. Mm -hmm. So I love that you're kind of bringing that in and this is the context. This is how it would have been heard, how it would have been seen, but also making it relevant to what we're seeing today. And I think that like we, you know, we're just saying, um, Patty and I were saying, it's like adults need this too. Um, and, and going back to it is because not everybody is, um, has a background from the church. And so if, you know, Sunday school is not around as much. And so where are kids and we're even adults really learning this? We have to be really intentional with these stories. So we're going to take another quick break. Um, and then we're going to come back and we're going to keep talking about this because I think this is, it's not just a book for kids. Mm-hmm. It really, it's a great place for them, but I think as adults, it's a great place and a great tool to offer some adults that are just starting the journey and want to understand. So we'll be right back with Girlfriend at Radio. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plan a new church. 
After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Decades pass in the blink of an eye. Things change because time never stands still. Have you ever wondered what life was like in the proverbial way back when? Visit the historic Goodman LeGrand Home and Museum to witness a time capsule of days gone by. Located at 624 North Broadway in Tyler, Texas, with open hours of 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. every Tuesday and Saturday, it's more than worth your time. It's a must to remember life as it was. Call 903-531-1286. That's 903-531-1286 to learn more. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we have been chatting with author and pastor Champ Thornton, and he has been sharing his passion about his latest book, The Radical Book for Kids. And uh, I just love diving into this topic. And I know as a parent myself, um, Champ, my, my next question for you is, how can parents just take a more active role? I know so many times when, when we're talking with just moms, it's like, okay, I feel like I don't have that, that spiritual depth to even answer some of their questions. I remember when my, my son was nine and he came to me and wanted to know, um, what does laying with someone mean? <laughs> and it was like, eh, well, exactly. What are you talking about? Where did you read that? <laughs> And it was like, why did so-and-so's daddy lay with his daughters? You know, it was one of those questions where you're like, okay, I've always said, if my kids ask me a question, I, I want to be honest with them. I want to specifically tell them, you know, what's going on here. So help us unpack that. So how for, for can a, a parent that's feeling, I feel inadequate. Yeah. If my kids would come to me in there and really being like kind of a spiritual mentor for my child. Yeah. What is the, yeah, you want to help with the spiritual development. Um, so there you go, champ, the next 15 minutes, answer all of our, our issues as a parent answering your kids' questions. (laughs) Well, I think you're going to be disappointed. Um, yeah, there's no, no simple answer here, but, uh, so when my wife and I think about like how we, we parent our kids and what, what we're trying to do as we raise them, uh, we've tried to make things really simple for us because, you know, life is crazy and kids are crazy and, you know, you're trying just to get the laundry done and get to a soccer practice on time uh, and not forget anyone at home. And, you know, the reality is is here's – when, when we want, here's our goal for our kids. We want by the time they graduate and leave the house, we want them to be in touch with reality. We want them to be synced up with what's truly real in this world. All right. So that's our kind of shorthand way of setting the goal for ourselves. And what we mean by that is, you know, we, we want them to understand the reality of the world they live in 
and that there is a God in that world. And it, but it starts really simple. So for for the one year old or you know that you know the early years, uh, there's a reality in life that is if you play on the stairs, you're probably going to get injured. So <laughs> so we want our kids to live in reality. So there's that's that's one of the realities. There's a reality. We don't play in the street. Why? Because there's a reality of traffic. Um, we. As they get older, there's the reality of you've got to apply yourself or you're not going to do well in school. That's the way it works. You've got to invest if you're going to reap a reward. Um, there's the reality of if you gossip, it's going to boomerang back and it's going to bite you. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's all these different realities. There's also the reality that there is a God and he made the world, uh, that, he, uh, that he said that we are sinners, that we've rebelled against him. That's our big problem that he sent his son to take that sin on himself and die in our place, and he's been raised to give us new life. So there's, you know, all these different realities in the world, and we want our kids to live in light of them. So that's our way of, like, what's our goal here? What are we trying to do with our kids? Well, that, there you have it. That's, that's our simple little goal is wherever they are developmentally, we want them to be living in touch with reality. And, you know, you go to the mall, and the mall is full of unreality. doesn't mean it's all like just wicked like we would normally think of something, you know, kind of pushing the boundaries of Scripture. Uh, but there, there's plenty of that, but there's also just plenty of non-reality. You turn on something as innocent as the Disney Channel, and uh, there's plenty of just non-reality. Life doesn't work like that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as someone has said, if you go against the grain of the universe, you're going to get splinters. And so, you know, that's that's what we're trying to avoid as we... Uh, work with our kids. So kind of overall big picture uh, doesn't answer all the questions, of course, but it's a starting place of like, how do I even think about what I'm trying to do with my kids? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a, that's a great starting place because I, I do think that um, many times as parents, and, and we hear it over and over again, I'm going to put my kid in church and the church is responsible and we'll play church, but we're really not going to live church. And just for our listeners to kind of do that self audit and am I playing church or am I truly living church? And am I taking responsibility here for my child's spiritual growth as well? And, uh, you said it earlier champ, and it's, it's hard to convey God's word. If you're not even in it, if you're not living it and getting involved in what God is telling you to do, then we're over here trying to, trying to preach it when we're not actively engaged and listening to, to what God has to say. Um, do you, are you seeing, uh, just even in, in your church being in in Delaware where, you know, you have your high school kids and then they're, they're going off, um, to college. Are you seeing that where it truly says 70% are leaving the church? Yeah, I, I don't keep up with all those statistics. I mean, I see examples of that being uh, lived out, unfortunately. Um, and yet, uh, I also see, you know, young couples who, you know, they that was them, you know, 10, 12, mm-hmm. 15 years ago. And uh, God gives them children, and they think, you know what, I need to be in church. And I see them coming back. Um, mm-hmm. And then I see ones that never go off the rails at all. Uh, and I, I really think the key in all this, um, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, is mom and dad. So, you know, if... If, you know, it doesn't, doesn't mean that, you know, the best parents in the world can't have a kid that decides they're going to, you know, reject Jesus. I mean, that, that happens. But, you know, the reality is mom, mom and dad, your godliness mm-hmm. is going to do a whole lot more in your family than, um, 
than, you know, the, the, the Bible study lessons you prepare. So, mm-hmm. you know, your kids need to hear about Moses and Noah and, and Peter and Paul and Jesus. Yes, absolutely. I'm a big fan of that. Um, but they also need to hear you say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Okay, they need to know that you're not just telling them to stop sinning. You're telling them, I struggle with sin, too, and let me show you how you deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if if your parent, you've not been setting the tone and the pace in your family, then the first place to start, the first thing to repent of to your to the Lord, and then also in front of your children would be, I've not been the kind of uh, leader and spiritual leader in the home like I need to be. Would you please forgive uh, Dad, or would you forgive me as Mom? Uh, and here's how you can pray for me, and here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to start changing some of this, and we're going to be spending time together, just a few minutes, a couple, couple nights a week, in God's Word and praying together. And then you just start. So live a godly life with them and in front of them. And I think that's going to be... It's not... In other words, uh, being that kind of leader isn't just some kind of shirt you put on. You know, it's really who you are. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like what you said. Just, I'm sorry. I think there's a lot to be said for that, you know, apologizing. Not that you have to go around apolog- apologizing, you know, all the time to your kids. I probably apologize too much. But um, just to be able to say, hey, I, I mess up too. I think so many times our kids do. They see that as, oh, you know, you you walk on this you know, path where God's, you know, at your side every second and they can, I don't know, idealize who you are as a parent to go, no, I, I, I'm not always on, on that path either. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. mess up and, and I, I've made some horrible mistakes. To see your humanity as a parent Mm -hmm. and not just you respect me because I'm the parent, which I think a lot of parents that authoritarian you know, way of, of leading instead of just going, I'm with you in this. Mm -hmm. I have my own struggles too. They're different. Let's figure this out together. And I think that's such a model of Jesus. He was with us. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like, how do we, how do we just be with our kids and in the learning and our own learning, their learning, learning together, learning differently. Um, but I think letting them see our own, our own faults, a little bit too, that makes us human. And I yeah. think it teaches them that that's okay to have faults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, they see them, you know, they yeah. may not see all that you know about, but they see them. And if we don't acknowledge that, then they're going to really choke on, uh, on the hypocrisy that they perceive in us. Absolutely. And that, and that hypocrisy really does make a difference. And, you, you know, and, and and that I, I think sometimes we're not aware that how much they really do see and understand. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're clueless sometimes as they really, and they take it, their cues from us mm-hmm. and, and they, they, you know, like kind of note to self and then they model and become that. And yeah. so I think it really is a, it's a good accountability for us as parents and to just remember our role and what, you know, what we don't do and what we do do. But it's like, and then it comes through community. We we're talking earlier about it takes a village or it takes a community. It's being able to, you know, have, even as, as parents, being able to talk to other people and, and in our parenting grow and our parenting. And, our, when, and we must be growing as individuals, too, uh, to help our kids grow. And mm-hmm. so it's not about us just telling them what to do and, and helping them grow. But we need to be modeling 
what it looks like to grow too. So, um, okay, champ, we just have like three minutes. Um, again, we want to thank you so much for joining our show and, and just being obedient to God and writing this book and, you know, three years, that's a labor of love Mm -hmm. and really going into that. What is something that maybe we haven't covered or something you want to just reiterate, um, that you really want our listeners to understand about this book and then how can they find this book and, and find out more about you and what you offer? Yeah, thanks, Lisa and Patty. It's great to be with you today. I, I, I do think that one of the goals for the book here would be not just so that kids, uh, you know, have more information in their heads or even that maybe their hearts are, uh, are warmed, uh, but, uh, I, I want them to be curious. So it's kind of like when my family, we go to one of these big wholesale discount stores, you know, we fill up on, you know, a year's supply of whatever kind of groceries, you know. Uh, what the ones we go to, you know, of course, every couple aisles, they'll have samples. And our kids mm-hmm. love that. You know, they just stock up on, you know, from one sample to the next. But the reason that the uh, – uh, the people that run the store put the samples out isn't just because they're nice people. It's because they want, they want the adults to buy the full, the full item. Right. Mm -hmm. And the real deal. And so in some ways, this book, it's my hope and prayer that the book is a buffet of samples uh, that they'll be introduced to topics and people and lines of thought uh, and truths about God that, you know, maybe I didn't learn or you didn't learn until we were in college or after. And Mm -hmm. and yet they have a sample. But I hope that by learning about it, they think later on in life as an adult. Oh, I want more of that, that this book becomes a spark for lifelong learning, that they become curious to continue growing in their knowledge of God, their love for him, their trust in him, their obedience to him uh, for, you know, for the duration of their life. So I hope it's just a starting point. And that's a great way of looking at it. And it sounds like such a great tool that we, we do want to encourage our listeners and, and to use it. And, and I, I'm assuming you can use this book, like even like with groups, like, you know, like life groups or whatever people call them, like take this and let's, let's learn together in our parenting. So, you know, parents coming together to go, let's, let's figure this out together and, and raising our kids together. So, um, again, thank you for this book. We encourage you and, and um, the book, again, is The Radical, I'm so sorry, um, The Radical Book for Kids. And, you know, it, I, I love because you have so many experiential, interactive things to do in the book. It's not just reading. So I encourage you to get that. Again, thank you, Champ, for joining us and for this conversation. And uh, it's challenged us all to just really look at truth and just how do we communicate in a simple way. Thanks for joining our show. You've been listening to Girlfriend at Radio. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's 